On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had a chat with Zane Zubani from Aria Air Fryer, uh, as well as quite a few other brands, uh, but Aria is definitely their uh, their biggest brand. Man, what a conversation. Um, Zane's company is on the uh, Inc. 500 list. Um, he has an incredible story where he was uh, in debt more than probably any of us have ever been in debt, uh, but was able to claw out of that uh, and become even more um, successful. Uh, if any of you are feeling like you're in that place right now where there doesn't seem like there's uh, hope uh, and it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to get out of it, I, I assure you, you will be able to get out of it. Um, Zane has just uh, an incredible story. Um, really, actually, incredible that we were able to have him on the podcast. Uh, and I think you guys are uh, really going to want to stop everything you're doing to listen to this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, everyone. I am here with Zane Subani from Aria, uh, as well as Skyline Brands. Uh, Everyone, I cannot say enough good things uh, about Zane. Uh, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I think this is going to be an amazing conversation. Uh, just one more. I'm just going to pump him up. Just one more uh, little minute here. Um, he is uh, on Inc. 500's uh, list. Um, I mean, I don't know if we've ever had anybody on that list before on the podcast, but now we have. So <laughs> welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. So nice to have you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. So Zane, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, so I'm currently the CEO of Skyline Brands, which is a, a consumer manufacturing firm um, that I actually started. And we've focused on various different categories of products. Um, but now what we're uh, well known for uh, is uh, air fryers. So um, air fryers is an extremely popular uh, cooking device that's now used for various different you know ways of cooking and meal preparation. Uh, and... Um, uh, and so we're America's leading brand in this space, you know, and we're in all the major retail and stuff now. So it's that's, uh, it's a really cool journey. <laughs> that's unreal. Like, absolutely. I, I get exploding, exploding topics uh, email every morning. And I, I've definitely seen air fryer on there. Uh, yeah. What an industry to be in. Like, like that. Um, I feel like that, that product is just an absolute home run right now. Like, yeah. incredible, incredible that you guys uh, are also the industry leader with it. Um, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Like, where did you start? Um, so, uh, you know, the whole entrepreneurial entrepreneurial vibe I got in college. And, you know, I really saw myself, um, you know, wanting to uh, create things that would add value uh, into people's lives. And, and then the other part of the goal was to make it publicly accessible to the world. Mm. So, I, in a nutshell, I just wanted to create cool shit. And make yeah. it publicly, make it publicly accessible to the world, so anyone can go and buy it. Yeah, create cool <laughs> stuff and sell it, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that that would be the layman's way of saying it, you know. So, um, and so in in college, uh, you can only learn so much as to how 
you know, you would achieve something like this, right? So, uh, so after that, I, I ended up getting jobs at, you know, various manufacturing companies. Um, my family has been in business. Um, and so I even at one point was, was working with them, cool. you know, managing, helping manage their business. Um, and so I stayed in this manufacturing industry. And what that allowed me to do uh, was create a really cool network um, of, of, uh, of factories because I got to travel to China a lot. Mm. Um, I've actually lived there, you know, in the past. I can speak Chinese, um, you know, all, all that good stuff. So, uh, man, that must just be that must just be such an asset when you're dealing um, with different factories, right? Um, I know we like with our clothing company, we're uh, we mainly get most of our fabric from China, and uh, and it's very. I mean, even though we've been dealing with the same suppliers for years, there's still all of these issues with communication, right, back and forth. Correct, correct, and so. Yeah, and so it was a big challenge at first, and you know, trying to figure that out. And you know, to to your point, um, we now have offices in Hong Kong and China that handle all of our like production and you know factories wow. and stuff. You know, so um, so yeah, it, it's 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 been a nice you know bridge of communication, I guess you can say, with China over the over the past decade. You know, which is which is how long I've been doing this. <clears throat> but um, but that's where all my experience came from is from, you know, or at least it started uh, is from working for other manufacturers. And so, like, I'm sure, you know, before, like, what would you say? Like, before you started, uh, you know, your venture with clothing or apparel, uh, um, did you actually, you know, how did you get your experience? I'm not sure if it was from other jobs or other, other you know. So. <laughs> Mine was from owning a restaurant that I, you know probably uh, sunk a hundred grand into and <laughs> almost went bankrupt with. So, <laughs> so you know exactly what I've gone through with oh, being too, <laughs> when, it, when I, my cost to get, to get was 2 million <laughs> and almost also going under. Yeah. Can, can we talk, can we talk a little bit about that story? Because I feel like there's people out there right now who, who may be um, sort of at the end of their rope with um, the entrepreneurial journey, right? It might be in millions of dollars of debt. Definitely. And think like there is absolutely no way out of this. Um, but I, I really do believe that there is. Can, can you walk me through that story a little bit? Yeah. So, um, you know, and so that's a very, very good question. And, 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 and that's not something that can really be taught in, in school. And, you know, nobody really teaches you things about that. This is something that you gain from experience and <laughs> or, you know, a podcast like this where you're hearing from people that have actually walked that fire and, and can can you know, share insights and strategies on what, what, what we could potentially do to, you know, get out of these situations, you know? So, it, you know, uh, a big thing was why, you know, the debt came, right? So, you know, there's a difference between, you know, not knowing how much money you have and going out every night and gambling and, and burning money, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. which, which you have nothing show at the end of the day when someone goes and sees why you're in $2 million in debt or whatever the situation is or hundred grand in debt or whatever that situation might, my, my number ended up having to be 2 million for whatever reason, which I'll explain in a second, but it could be, it <laughs> could be, it, it took, could be whatever what it, it is. That's what it took right? you to wake up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you can phrase it that way. But, <laughs> but, uh, but when you go and and so it's not rocket science. If you're $2 million in debt, you're going to have to somehow come up with $2 million or in whatever the, the number is, if you're $10 in debt, you're going to have to come up with $10 to make yeah. up the debt somehow. Right now, depending on what you do and all that can, you can devise a way to achieve that. Right. So 
the reason for being in debt in my case wasn't because I was going out and gambling and, you know, wasting and burning money. It was because that was a cost required to innovate and deal with whatever I was dealing with in that space. Yeah. So, and that came with various reasons that were outside my control. So like, let me give you one example. In 2018, right. Uh, in, in our product category, which is very different than apparel, right. Uh, the tariffs and duties were zero. Mm. Okay. Now you could, you could import anything from China, no tariffs, no duties, nothing. More or less in this kitchen appliance space. Gotcha. So like in, yeah. in, in the, in the air fryer segment, which is a subset of kitchen, small kitchen appliances, right? Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what our government views this as. So yeah. if you want to break off into a quick tangent, um, and this is, could be very valuable to everyone that, that potentially listens, right? Is, is the government doesn't necessarily look at a product as to what it is. It's all an algorithm and a numerical code for them, right? So mm-hmm. every, every product that you import has a tariff code. Yeah. And you can yeah. look that up. It's public information, right? So apparel, you know, and whatever that subset is, whether it's socks or T-shirts or, you know, sunglasses or whatever, whatever that, that product is, is going to have a tariff code that's unique to that category, to that subcategory of product. And that's how they get all their data from is when, when they look at, you know, the billions of dollars of, of, of product that's being imported into the United States, they want to get an understanding of how it breaks down into different classes and subsets. Totally. So they can, they can then come up with appropriate tariffs uh, for these, for these classes of classes of product. And so, and so what happened uh, with our president is overnight, on September 18th, uh, 2018, the tariff duty rates of air fryers, which is our personal, uh, you know, product category, uh, went from zero to 10%. Wow. wow. And, and so, like, and so took, that means- Basically took your margin, probably. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then depending on what you're doing and who you are, in my case, I had millions of dollars of orders from all these big retailers that I have to deliver, right? And so, and this is- fourth quarter of 2018 air fryers are hot we're like yeah. on on journey to be america's number one brand and all this all these things that you're seeing today and so i had to make a decision hey am i going to execute this business maintain all my relationships execute all these even though i'm making negative margin or even though i'm not going to be able to cover my bills this year and i'm going to go under negative because now i have to sell before i had two million dollars of or three million dollars of product sold for 3.2 million maybe mm, gotcha versus now my cost of goods has just risen by 10 yeah. percent, meaning that yeah. three million dollars of merchandise or five million dollars of merchandise in my case even more was being imported and now the cost of goods has just jumped up 10 percent. and i can't go back to my retailer and say hey guess what you know trump and and, and china are having issues so the tariffs have now just gone up so my cost of goods have gone up by 10 percent. so you know revise your purchase order they felt my pain because that's obviously public information, right? Everybody knows this, right? So they're like, hey, we're sorry like that you're going, that you have to do this, but we can't, you know, this is Black Friday. Your, your stuff is on Black Friday. I can't go and change the price for Black Friday ads and Cyber Monday ads that are hitting in November, right? Oh, so, totally, totally. I imagine that your products are one of the, one of the door crashers, right? Exactly. Yeah. You got door crasher deals, door buster deals, all kinds of different Cyber Monday deals, you know, all that stuff. We're like front featured because we're giving the best deals. That's one of the competitive edges that we have, right? Uh, and so uh, this was insane. And so they're like, hey, we can cancel your POs 
Zane, and you can just cancel the the business that you have. But I already have, you know, ten million or eight million dollars of goods in transit. That needs that needs to be financed. <laughs> is, is, is anybody <laughs> else a little bit stressed out hearing this story? Like, please tell me that there's going to be a good conclusion, Zane. <laughs> That's all I want to hear. <laughs> and it's it, it's a very it's a very cool story, you know. So like, and, and, and I'm just giving the hierarchy, like you know, like yeah. the millions of the big picture perspective here, you know. Um, but you got these goods in transit now. I can't just go to the factories and go, you know, to the to everyone and say, hey, guess what? You know, all these orders are getting canceled. What do we do with eight million dollars of goods? No, I still got to rotate the money, right? Meaning I have to go and sell these, sell sell this product, <laughs> mm-hmm. take this money pay off all the people that I've borrowed from to nobody has $10 million of cash lying around. I'm not Elon Musk or, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm not going to, I can't finance these goods myself. We've got bank support. We have investors and financiers and all that stuff. Right. So yeah. we're, we got to, we still got to rotate the, the dollars yeah. to stay alive. And after, after we go through this process of rotating, rotating dollars, I know I'm going to come out $1 million negative because of whatever. <laughs> yeah, just, just with the calculations, you just knew that. <laughs> yes. And so, and so guess what? 2018, we did that. We came out negative, all that stuff. And now we're like, okay, 2019, time to make it up. Yeah. <laughs> and so we repeated the process on nearly that same date or like a couple months earlier, the tariffs on our product went from 10 to 25%. And the same exact thing happened. How do you, two, there's two you, how do you plan, <laughs> Zane, how do you plan for that? There's nothing you can do about that, right? Like there's, that's literally, that's one of the things that's actually out of your control in the quadrants of, of control. Correct. And, like, and, 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 and when that happened in 2019, that's when I hit rock bottom and everybody like, like pulled out and everyone was like, Hey, look, we can't go through this another time. We already went through hell. Yeah. We're already in negative. You know, I, you know, and so basically every person, like all my investors, all like my, like even some of my like closest, you know, people and relationships and whatever, everybody just walked out. They're like, yo, we're not going to, and this is, this is when you hit, like I was fortunate enough to see like who truly believes in us and our company, because at, at that stage, when you're that down, Someone for someone to support you at that level at that point needs to really believe in you. Yeah. When a lot of that's when you get to know who your true friends and family and whatever, and they may not be your blood, they may not be the person that you thought you were. And so the amount of personal experiences that come from this journey is priceless. So, anyways, uh, um, we were fortunate enough to be able to handle all this. And it's our clients and our teammates. I've literally had to get out of that situation. I've literally had to have conversations with my teammates and say, Hey, look, we're not going to be able to make payroll Hmm. for the next month for the next month. So who do you talk to about that? Like you're talking to your employees about that? Yeah, correct. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But Hey, so what do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to close shop? You want to close doors and walk? Yeah, that was. We had to have we had to have these difficult conversations totally in order to keep ourselves alive. And I'm sharing this now to the world because I, because the entrepreneur entrepreneurial failure rate in America today is like 95. percent Yeah, yeah. And why do you think that's so? Any 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 insight? Why do you think the failure rate? Or why do we think the failure rate in America for startups is over 90? percent 
I mean, for me on a practical level, it comes down to support too, right? Because it's just, it's just a journey, right? It's not a like, you know, there's no overnight successes. And so you, I feel like every, I honestly, I think this is going to be one of our favorite episodes because it's the kind of stuff we just don't talk about that happens. I, I had a, I had a good call with one of my best friends this morning who's going through something like this right now and is just like needs, needs to hear that there is support and you will get through it. Right. As long as like the, the business itself is, um, can actually be profitable at some point, you will get through it. Correct. Right. And you need support. That's to, to me, that's, that's the biggest thing for you guys down. I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian. So I, I look down to America. Like I can see right there <laughs> from a bird's eye view. From Mount, a bird's eye view. See, <laughs> yeah, I can see Mount Baker right down there. And, uh, and, and so I don't, I don't know what, you know, what's stopping, um, you know, why there's that massive failure rate in the States. Um, mm. I just know from, from me, I feel like the biggest leaps that I've made are when I have more and more support. Um, and, and, so. and so, and so to your point, to that exact, exact, exact point is I, I feel that, that, that same correlation applies that many people do not know what they're signing up for when they sign up to start a new business. No, because they don't know. And I'm not saying that everyone's going to have some crazy journey like I have, but I didn't know that either. Totally. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to go through this entire messed up process where I'm going to have to walk this fire and learn all these experiences myself. And this is, you know, the book, you know, what I learned, what I learned in college, you know, it only, you know, has this finite limit of, you know, and after that, I have to figure it out on my own, you know? So, uh, so yeah, they, they're, they aren't aware of what they're signing up for and, and the, the level of preparation that it takes, you know? And so we were able to thankfully in our journey, convey that at that moment when we hit rock bottom, yeah, we were, we were able to, because obviously this was like only last year, a couple of years ago. Right. And so at that point we already had eight years of experience under our belt, which we can talk about a tone of the conversation, you know? Um, but we were excellent marketing guys. We knew exactly what we were doing and we were able to convey. And so one takeaway from this podcast is it's okay to be in debt. If you can show that you have something to back it up. Yeah. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at mindful marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month. That's looking to grow now. Before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. And in our case, it was the intellectual property that we went, went with and, and, and came up with in, in, in accordance with air fires, it was our client network and relationships. We didn't burn those bridges. Yeah. We good. executed good, that good. business, even though it was that negative and guess who saved us at the end? It's the same clients. They're like, Zane, totally. we got your back. Yeah. And so another takeaway is relationships are key. And so people that are focused and specialize in Amazon and e-commerce, they think that they may think that the relationship isn't important and all we can just sit beyond behind a desk all day and we don't have to talk to anybody and yada, yada, yada. No, mm-hmm. you could do that. Sure. You could do that, but guess what? You ain't going to be able to compete with someone that actually has the relationships totally. ever, ever. Yeah. It's not possible. 
Yeah. And so the reason why we can compete in our subcategory of air fryers with the biggest brands in the world is because we have the relationships to play at their level of field. Yeah. Can, so, let's, let's talk for a sec here because the, I mean, the biggest one that I see up here in Canada as far as air fryers, Ninja, um, just because I see them in Costco. And right. how do you compete with brands of that size? Like, so, awesome question. That is a question that I've gotten asked across the board is how does a boutique brand from, you know, like a private company compete with some monster, yeah. you know, badass ninja type of, yeah. in our case, that would be, a, that would be the example. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an awesome story uh, in short form to give you, to, to kind of put perspective onto this topic. Okay. So, Let's put this entire uh, air fryer thing on the side. Okay. So about five years ago, um, I walked into the, wall, to the, to the corporate offices of Walmart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With, with, uh, with, product, uh, that, with the product that I made. It's irrelevant at this point. So they're like uh, with the lowest price in the game because I knew it was my own tooled product at the factory. I knew that I had all the insights and all the metrics. I knew I, th I was the lowest price in the world. I wanted to sell a million pieces to Walmart. So I go to Walmart. Okay. Uh, Cause I have a relationship with them. So, but the guys, the, 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 the buyer's like, Hey, this is just a one hit wonder. It doesn't make sense for me to even add you as a vendor for just this one hit, one hit wonder product, you know? So, uh, so you're telling me that, I'm selling this current product for $8, for example, and you're telling me that, hey, take my product because you could tell it, you can sell it for $7. Why should I do that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a difficult question, I guess. <laughs> so, and so I was like, okay, fine. Let me go. And he's like, on top of that, your brand doesn't, nobody knows your brand. Yeah. You know, so, nobody, so why would I carry you? Just because it's a lower price. It's, that, that doesn't really matter anymore. So I, that's lesson number one. It's not necessarily about the lowest price. Yeah. It's about bringing the most value in the product. And that's what drives you. Know, you have to not only bring that value, but be able to market that and convey that to the world that, hey, here's why you're the best. It's not necessarily for the lowest price, but you're giving a lot more for that price, right? So, um, uh, so I went back and I went into licensing. After all said and done, I licensed a major kitchen uh, appliance brand. Uh, which today, which everyone knows, it's it's uh, called Hamilton Beach. So I'm actually a Hamilton Beach licensing partner. Oh, I have the ability gotcha. To... So you so so you leverage their brand with this product that you had the IP for, and you had the lowest possible price for price. And so this is an this is a, a great lesson. And so here's what happened. And the product category now, I'll tell you, it's called it, it was travel mugs. You know, just oh, okay. drinking, you know, just just beverage, beverage, yeah. beverage mugs, right? Coffee when you're traveling or whatever, or you see at the airport, you could you drink it in a stainless steel uh, coffee mug. It keeps it warm for eight hours or ten hours or whatever, you know. Yeah. So we were a specialist in that line at the time, and so Hamilton Beach makes coffee brewers. You know, they're they're a well recognized brand, and so yeah. when the Walmart buyer gave me the feedback, hey, your brand is your 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 brand isn't isn't bit well known, so go get a well known brand. So I got this Hamilton Beach brand. Cool. Hey, Hamilton Beach, you guys are specialists in coffee mugs, our coffee brewers, and we'll make the coffee mugs so the brand translates. So licensing, you know? Uh, so I was big into licensing around that time. So now, a year later, I, we develop a beautiful line of travel mugs, right? 
yeah. under this national branded and it's sold in various different stores, but not in Walmart. So now I took this beautiful showcase, 10, 15 amazing products and went back to that same Walmart buyer. And here's what happened. At that time, the number one branded product in Walmart sold for $20. Okay. This travel mug sold for $20. Very simple. Yeah. I went to Walmart and said, hey, Walmart, my cost to you, that guy's cost to you is $8. Yeah. And, and he's selling, and you're selling it for $20, his, his product, right? Yeah. I'm giving you the same product now with a national brand for five bucks and you can go around, you can go around and sell it for 10 bucks. Gotcha. Or even 12 bucks. Yeah. And make more margin. Yeah. And so he said this, this is a takeaway. He said, Zane, guess what? You're missing the whole point. He's like in that travel mug aisle, which is known as a planogram. Retail key trigger word, planogram. It's their inline set, once reviewed once or twice a year. Um, he's like, in my planogram, I, ha I know that no matter what I do, I have this many people walking into this aisle, and I know I'm going to sell this many travel mugs, no matter what my price points are. No matter what. Yeah. So obviously, I'm going to be someone in line with the other guys. I'm not going to be that far off if I'm, you know. Uh, a little bit higher price than everyone. As long as I'm going to be three times higher the price, right? Everyone's going to still buy it. No one's checking for a dollar. Nobody cares. It's not a consumer habit, right? In this category. Um, so he's like, I know I'm going to sell this many travel mugs. Now, if that, if I take that and say, hey, I know from this specific unit that, that I'm selling for $20, I'm selling 1 million units. I'm hitting 20 million in top line sales. My cost of goods is $8. In this case is 800,000. In this case is $800,000. And so I'm selling this or 8 million, sorry. I'm selling this 1 million units, 20 million top line, 8 million cost of goods. I just made $12 million. Yeah. What you're look at your top line sales. You're telling me your top line sales are going to be 10 million. If I sell, sell the same amount of units as you. Yeah. With the cost right? of five. With the cost of five. Yeah. Why the hell would I do that? And that's the takeaway here. Yeah. Is it's yeah. not necessarily about the lowest price. It's about being able to justify why your product or your service or whatever business you're in is worth the amount of money that it's worth. Yeah. And that comes and through that's brand. That's the magic in your And that right? comes through brand. Correct. Right. Correct. So if Correct. you can't, I, I like the takeaways that I'm getting right now, Zane, is if you can't rely on your own brand and you haven't built your brand big enough. So people who are listening to this, you know, who, who aren't out there and people don't know you yet, you may need to rely on somebody else's brand and do a licensing deal with them. Right. Exactly. Like that. That may be like in apparel, you know, you might want to go to Disney, right? That's huge uh, or, for apparel, yeah. Or, or, or somebody like that to help um, accelerate the growth of your brand, right? Maybe local Correct. sports teams. Correct. Um, all, all of that um, to help you actually build up that brand so that you can actually charge the $20 for the mug, right? Exactly. When you probably exactly. could have done that with Hamilton Beach, especially having them behind you. Correct. Uh, but you've um, already set your price. I mean, this is just like, I, this is such large scale, um, probably comparatively to some of the people who are listening, just because, you know, I feel like the retail game is, is so different than, than direct to consumer. Then it's so different. It's so different. It's so different. <laughs> so let's, but, let's uh, switch over to, to direct to consumer for a sec scene. Yeah, sure. Just because we're, we're kind of nearing a little bit closer to the end here. 
what, um, what is working for you guys direct to consumer? So, um, uh, direct to consumer, we've gotten amazing growth. Uh, we just launched, uh, this year, uh, on direct to consumer. And so, um, the strategies there, um, that are probably working the best is influencer marketing. So, you know, you create all the social pages and, you know, um, at, that, at this point, everyone can figure out how to do that. Um, create your website. There's enough resources to do that. Uh, get the Shopify or whatever e-commerce, um, uh, site you want to, or payment site you want to work with. Um, there's a lot of them out there now. They all have their unique uh, you know, characteristics and, and, and criteria and things like that that you can explore. Um, but after all said and done, once once you've launched, right, regional targeted um, social media marketing uh, by influencers as and then um, you know Facebook and Instagram and all those campaigns, um, targeted ad campaigns. Those are huge. Um, and then you can go on different bulletins that are out there that are tailor made to different industries, right? So that's something in apparel, you know, things that people read and whatever, um, in terms of bulletins and magazines will be different than whatever it is in my category. Right. So, uh, but a combination of these done together, um, has given us some amazing traction and, you know, we're doing awesome on e-commerce and I'm, 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 you know, that would be a good, good way to start, um, and build off of, you know, so. So for, for you guys who were predominantly retail before, how do you let your retailers know or, or do you communicate to them, like letting them know, like, hey, we're also selling? And, and what, like, what does that look like? What does that relationship then look like with your retailers? Yes, that's a really good question. And so, um, and so now, uh, the, because the retailers uh, have, have now learned over the previous five years, you know, e-commerce has matured and, and oh, yeah. a lot over the, over the past, you know, five years. And so, uh, you know, a, a huge chunk of our resources and, and, and even money uh, over the years have gone towards just reinventing ourselves on the e-commerce platform and drop shipping, whatever. Right. And so over those years, the retailers now are all connected. So to answer your question, uh, e-commerce and store level buy online ship to store, it's yeah. all connected. Yeah. And so everyone now, especially in the brand driven categories, right? Not tchotchke stuff, but brand driven categories, right? They want to see your marketing, your presence, you know, what you're doing as a brand, your warranties, your service, your after sales support, right? Um, you know, how easy is it for a consumer to get a hold of you and, 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 and work out a warranty issue or they have a defect or something like that, right? They want to see your entire ecosystem of brand for a yeah. credible retailer, for a credible retailer, uh, to carry your product versus an Amazon seller central platform where anyone, anyone can just launch something. Yeah. And so that's a whole other conversation as to why that exists. Right. Um, and so uh, um, that's where we've seen the best support is we were able, because of our retail experience, we were able to tie the e-commerce segment of the business so well and, 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 and take that marriage and, and have it work for us than against us. And, and so because of that reason, you know, we, now have support from every retailer and now as well as Amazon and all the other e-commerce giants, you know? So. Yeah. Cool. That's great. I got to ask you the question I ask everybody on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Um, uh, what has learned from me, uh, what has worked for me and what I've learned is that asking yourself that question, um, just asking yourself that question, is this scalable? Is this system that I'm integrating? whether it's in the supply chain side, whether it's on the marketing side, whether it's marketing as in like, 
Instagram post. You did a badass Instagram post today with all these cool videos and whatever, whatever, whatever. It took you this amount of time, this much resources, and here's what it costs to create that content. Now, how the hell are you going to scale that? Scale that meaning you need to come up, you need to be able to do this at least X amount of times per week, depending on your business or whatever. In our case, every day, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Meaning, how is how are you going to scale what you just did once to 300 and whatever days in a year? Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a, that's and so just asking yourself that question behind every before doing anything, uh, you'll be shocked at how you're gonna you would re-strategize. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and totally. tweak whatever you are doing to uh, to make to to be like this is how I'm gonna just to be able to answer that question to yourself. Yo, this is how I'm gonna scale scale this to millions yeah. of people. You know, so yeah, that's a great that's that's just a good simple answer. <laughs> is this scalable? Because <laughs> if it's not, then you, you can't really build a business around it, right? If it's not scalable, you like you, you're you're gonna, can't. I mean, you're a mom and pop shop essentially, right? If exactly, can't exactly, scale. yeah, exactly. That's great. I'm going to move on to our lightning round here. What is your favorite uh, tool or app that you're using right now? Uh, <laughs> depends on the space. Uh, seg- uh, uh, Zoom on the calls and the video calls. So shout out to Zoom. Um, uh, payments and finance is a huge. Affirm. Uh, they're working with us right now on financing. Um, let's see. Uh, banking. Chase. Shout out to them. They just hooked me up with a line of credit, which is awesome. Uh, their app is awesome on the banking side. Cool. Um, emails, Outlook. Outlook is doing better than all the other ones. Uh, really? Outlook? Interesting. So shockingly, it's better than Apple Mail and all the other ones. So, yeah. Um, and then what, what else? Um, yeah, that would be like the top five. You know? Nice. Those are ones nobody's ever mentioned. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what podcast that you're into right now? Uh, Joe Rogan. Shout outs to him. Uh, and then... Um, Honestly, it's all over the place after that, you know, um, who, who are some of the other ones like, um, Jay Shady, uh, he's doing an awesome podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, but it's completely spirit. Yeah. It's completely relationship yeah. and spiritual, you know? Uh, so it's like, those would be like two really good ones. Uh, Gary V. I do Gary V. sometimes. Uh, he's good on the entrepreneurial side, kind of raw. <laughs> um, and, problems. uh, uh, founder that you look up to. A founder that I look up to, uh, Elon Musk, um, the the CEO of Alphabet, mm. uh, Google, Google, similar. yeah, yeah, um, uh, uh, CEO of Facebook, Mark. I've always look, looked up to him. Uh, all the Shark Tank guys and, and women, I'm fans of them. Totally, um, those would be like you know a handful. <laughs> you know, you know what's incredible. Just speaking of, of Shark Tank, is the amount of guests that I've had on who have gone through Shark Tank. Like they really do know, and they've almost every single one of them is funded that, that I've had on here and how That's they awesome. really are able to pick. I, I, I don't know if it's chicken or egg, whether they're picking and that, and that elevates the brands or they just really understand like, no, that's a good brand. That's a brand that's gonna do something. Um, uh, it's, it's super interesting. They're, they're obviously very smart people. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. And so uh, if you were to ask that question to the shark, Sharks, uh, because I've met most of them uh, personally. Um, their answer would be that it's a combination of what you what you said, and then one other thing, which would be the actual entrepreneur. They yeah. want to invest into. That's like a majority of their decision comes from the entrepreneur themselves. Totally, because yeah. they've invested in companies that haven't had you know a successful product, but they love the entrepreneur, 
and then they've taken that success, that unsuccessful product, transformed the business, and now it's successful. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's great, Zane. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, socials, uh, zanesabani.com. Uh, my per- we're launching a personal brand uh, of, of like all my business strategies and whatever. I just want to give it, you know, make it accessible to the public cool. for free. Cool. Um, and then uh, uh, Instagram uh, CEO Zane Sabani, LinkedIn Zane Sabani, Facebook Zane Sabani, you know, all, yeah. all the different socials you can find That's these. Prob- probably uh, not the hardest like URLs <laughs> yeah. to get, hey? <laughs> yeah, Google. Yeah, they were really easy to get, so it's all good. Just Google me, otherwise uh, you're not like then, John uh, John Smith or something. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, otherwise, otherwise, and then Aria Air Fryers, ariaairfryer.com. Uh, you know. We got the best air fryers in the world. Feel free to, you know, uh, we're hooking up with sales right now. So, um, so there's some awesome promotions that are coming up, uh, and then Instagram Aria Air Fryers. So, that's cool. basically it. Awesome. Well, we we I think we went a little longer than normal, but man, <laughs> I appreciate this interview. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I hope we can add some value to everyone. So, totally. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.